everyone, welcome to our second episode of Freedom to Belong podcast series. Last episode, we talked about the impact of immigration on cultural transition and sense of identity and belonging. We know that one of the key challenges of immigration is blending cultures for a migrant. So I'm interested in understanding how do migrants renegotiate their cultural identity when living in a foreign land. Today, we have Artie. Artie was born and raised in Kenya. She first came to Australia in 2006 as an international student and then proceeded to stay following her graduation in 2011. Artie is a passionate speech pathologist and currently working with children that have communication and literacy difficulties. She's also the founder of the Human Book Club, which commenced in October 2018. Artie, thank you so much for, for joining us. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. So maybe we should start by, let's tell us a little bit more about your childhood. Where in Kenya did you grow up? I grew up in Nairobi the capital city of Kenya. So I had a wonderful childhood surrounded by family and friends. Um, Primary schooling was questionable, but as an overall childhood, I'm deeply grateful for what it was. Um, And my aspiration was always to be a person of service. Mm -hmm. That's that's beautiful. In which specific... um area you wanted to do a special service okay so this i can laugh at now i had huge dreams to be a neurosurgeon at some <laughs> stage that's but good I, that was yeah good. yeah <laughs> but i knew i wasn't as dedicated to my studies for what that required yeah oh that's all right but i know you do work in speech pathology tell me a little bit more about your work what do you like the most Okay, so within the speech pathology profession, um, I currently work with a few primary schools in Victoria and Mm -hmm. I specifically work with students with speech language and literacy difficulties. Um, We all know that anyone with a communication or literacy difficulties have impacts their absolute quality of life um, going forward. So I'm absolutely in love with this profession and actually in awe of the profession as a whole. Um, I love that we have the opportunity to shine light on the power of communication and assist in giving each individual a voice. That's good. And you also have moved around a lot for work since you left Newcastle, correct? I have. I have. So my love for traveling or just the I was always attracted to regional parts of Australia. So Mm. I ended up in Bendigo for uh, three years since leaving Newcastle. I returned to Kenya for about nine months just to be with family, to work there and gain some experience over there as well. Then I returned to Australia. I spent about a year in Esperance, which is in Western Australia. Absolutely fabulous beaches over there. And I'm currently based in Shepparton in Victoria. Mm, That's nice. So you went home, you stayed with family for nearly a year. So what made you come back? Do you know what? When I actually did go home, I felt stripped of my independence, which Mm. was initially, or rather I was thinking that was initially an issue, but I felt like I needed to, I was a little child at home again. (laughs) I left there when I was 
just when I was, when I was 19. So when I returned there for work and everything, I wanted to explore some options to actually see would I enjoy staying here, would I enjoy moving back? So there was a reason for it, apart from being mm. with family. I wanted to know what it would be like. And I feel like I wasn't ready then. And so I did <laughs> want to return to Australia just to gain more of a broader work experience, try and work in a few different fields. Yeah. So how long you stayed here before you made the decision to go home for nearly 10 months? I actually went for my brother's wedding. It was meant to be a three month <laughs> trip. And then mom said, oh, come on, just stay back for a while. <laughs> so I did. Um, but it was in 2014. So I'd been in Bendigo for three years by that time. Okay. And in 2018, we came, you came up with this wonderful idea of the Human Book Club. What is all about? Tell us a little bit more. So the Human Book Club is based on the international concept. Um, humans are books or living narratives. Mm -hmm. And the people they share their stories with are considered readers. So this initiative basically stemmed from a need to discuss social issues um, that were otherwise not being discussed in a in an open forum manner um, and lighter topics as well, but to discuss it all respectfully, openly and honestly. Um, I was also quite angered by the fact that we as humans give so much prestige and high regard to someone with a very high financial status or social status or yeah. all of these stati that are there um, and they're considered fantastic. But at the end of the day, our neighbours, our friends, they're equally as inspirational and equally that is worthy of their own story. Absolutely. That's so true. Now, take us back to 2006 when you arrived in Australia. How was your first weeks like? Tell us a little bit more about that. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, I have actually been contemplating writing a book on the first 15 to 17 days in Australia. Wow. I think, <laughs> That's I good. <laughs> That's so good. The, so the drama possibly start. oh, yeah, it did start in Kenya where we, my friend and I were traveling together and our visas were slightly delayed so we missed the orientation week at mm -hmm. uni which for an international student at that time pre-facebook pre-smartphone yes. was very mm. important um, mm. unfortunately we missed orientation so we landed in sydney on friday it was a friday or Saturday morning. I can't quite remember. We spent a lot of time in the air, <laughs> got to Sydney. <laughs> and the next couple of weeks, we were just trying to find our bearings. And it was an absolutely humongous package filled with significant transitions, mishaps, ignorance, adventures, cultural differences, you name it. Yeah. Um, mm. It was my first time away from home. And thank heavens I had a partner in crime was my one of my best mates mm, yeah you were going to this you came together to the same uh, uni with your friend yes yeah she studied physiotherapy and i studied speech pathology that's good can you remember any any experience of culture shock for your first six months nine months in this new land back then so i'll give you my very first one within moments of arriving at the sydney airport 
As soon as we landed, I all I saw was numerous people with plenty of tattoos and I silently wondered if they were compulsory because everyone seemed to have them and probably that's just what I was seeing. <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious note, um, there were a few novelties, but one of the biggest one being 100% independence where I had to do everything for myself. There was no longer mum and dad. In fact, I had a mobile phone but didn't quite have the Australian number yet. So there wasn't, <laughs> yeah, anyone that I could actually contact if I was in trouble. Um, just learning about social etiquette. How do you ask for assistance? What do you actually tell people if you're new? What are the rules when interacting with authorities, um, uni personnel, lecturers, and just the difference of what it is like or comparing it to what it would be like in Kenya, I suppose. And as an international student that came through an agency, we were um, given a bit of a briefing about what to expect in Australia, the culture, the values, the slang. Um, we were taught, we were actually given a workbook to go, this okay. is, this is mm. what they say and this is what they mean when they say this. Because <laughs> being in an African culture, we do have sayings, but it's not part of our cultural fabric. Mm. It's more to learn. whereas here it is a way of interacting and so we would take things very literally whereas here it's being sarcastic or um just having a humor mm, yeah the whole context different yes and in those moments have you felt um constantly homesick or even asking yourself where do i belong in this foreign land yes so i've always loved australia and continue to do so I've had a range of experiences with the majority being positive. However, I've also spent my late teenage years and entire adulthood in Australia. So I've had significant milestones, significant things do happen here. And I have questioned myself at many points, where do I belong? But I have also had to ask myself, how do I define belonging within wherever that space is? So, yeah, to have answered the question of where, how do I define belonging, um, I define it by what is meaningful to me. Are relationships meaningful to me? Is the work I do meaningful to me? Is it a contribution to society that's meaningful? Standing strong for what I believe in? Having faith? and not succumbing to the social or cultural trajectories of what life should look like. Um, relearning cultural values, you know, it was different. As a child, we were asked to do things um, for whatever reason that might have been and questioning was frowned upon. But as an adult, mm. you know, you do question yourself all the time, even as kids, but as an adult, you can voice your questions. And so relearning um, cultural values and roots has been an important part as well to answering yeah. that. So that, that was basically your strategy in trying to renegotiate your identity in a foreign land, given the differences you saw. Absolutely. And moving around, the reason why I did move around as much as I did was to learn about myself was to learn about who is Arti and what does Arti want to do in Australia. Um, and having had the opportunity to 
be by myself or move to a completely different place where I didn't know anyone. It was a new job, new people, everything. It forces you in a space to learn more about yourself, learn more about what you enjoy doing, um, what you don't enjoy doing for that matter. And as you're growing up, you're experiencing the world in a very different manner. So what is culture um, like then and what does it, how do people define culture? There are so many similarities um, within what encompasses culture. Are there any differences in how people define cultures in looking back to where you grew up and, um, and where you're finding yourself living as an adult in a foreign land? How is, what's the difference there? I was thinking about what my, my parents and my grandparents would have been through in terms of their cultural identity. So we're a few generations apart um, and I do feel like for my parents and grandparents, there wasn't um, as many opportunities, perhaps. There wasn't as much global movement in the world. Um, they, there was a social and cultural trajectory they had to follow. This is what life looked like and this is what you have to do. So you talk about gender stereotypes, you talk about um, the social aspect of there is education, but after education there might be a job, you have to get married, you have to have kids. And that form of, that sort of a confirmation. Um, however, for myself, I had the good fortune of coming to Australia. I've had the good fortune mm. of travelling. So a lot of that independence and a lot of opportunities and exploration for finding out who I am, what I want in life or don't want in life, um, what I stand for. So I've had all of this time and therefore my cultural identity or what I view as cultural, cultural identity would be with probably a more open lens. Um, so therefore my whole idea might be different but might not be because I do have lots of conversations with my grandma and with my mom and go, don't you wish you had the opportunity that I do? Yeah. Voice your thoughts mm. and voice your opinions. And and now they're like, actually, that's not such a bad So, yes, there, there are different views, but there are also lots of similarities and talking to a whole host of different people from different cultures and ethnicities, we are so... We're more similar than we are different. Mm, mm, that's very true. And, and, and we do, there is a, an association between the concept of culture, which is norms and values and the meaning to life, as well as the physical, physical place that we call home. So I would like to ask you, where is home for you, Arti, right now? Right now, home is possibly two places, Kenya and Australia, for me. Mm. Why is that? So for a long time I battled with where do I need, where do I want to be? Um, I can't be, and I kept telling myself, I can't be sitting on the fence all the time. I can't be in limbo, whether to be in Australia or to be in Kenya. And um, for a variety of reasons, oh, my family is in Kenya, so that, that would be the pool there. But my one, my life is in Australia, so that's the pool here, and um, and then 
for whatever reason, whether it was a conversation with my mom or sister and going, do you know what, but I want to travel and I want to do this. I have a lot of things I would love to be able to do. And so the question then arose, um, why can't I have two homes? And that's where, and that was the question that was a question of consolation and peace. That perhaps I could have two homes. There's so much pressure to be, where do you want to be and what do you, and to have all of those answers. And the truth is, I don't know that any one of us has very strong direction or very definite answers because things are changing all the time. So thank you so much for that, for your insights into this interesting question, Artie. Thank you for listening. Today we had um, Artie to help us understand from our perspective how migrants renegotiate their cultural identity in a foreign land. Hope you have enjoyed and thank you.